There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today we are talking about the thing that has been all the rage in the investing world in 2023, AI. I know. AI has been overhyped. If you've turned the news on at all in the last year, you've heard AI, 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 chat GPT, this, look at this art piece, look at this, look at this. And you might be a little tired of it. You know, I was too. But also, I think it's important to look back at our investing life and realize where we may have made a little error. And one of my errors in 2023 was the fact that I didn't jump on the AI bandwagon. Like, I kind of thought maybe AI was the only good thing happening, and therefore it was the story that was getting the most hype, and therefore it was getting the most investing dollars. But I think there truly could be something to this AI hype train. Microsoft, Google, NVIDIA, they've all had tremendous years because of their involvement in AI technology. But is this a bubble or is this the start of something that will last for years to come? Is AI the next NFT market, which claimed to be the technology of the future, only to be a blip on the radar? I saw last week that OpenAI, which was the NFT, like the main NFT marketplace, was just devalued to $1.5 billion, which I still think is way too much of an overvaluation. But a year and a half ago, they had a $60 billion valuation, something like that, $60 billion. And now they're down to 1.5. So is AI the next NFT market? Are they going to be the open sea? Is ChatGPT going to crash and come back down to earth just like OpenSea did? Or is this claim technology of the future, truly the technology of the future. Well, today we're going to look at two companies involved in AI, and we're going to see how they stack up. We will look at the king of AI, at least in 2023, NVIDIA, and then we're going to look at TSM, a company I talked about, I don't know, maybe six, maybe 12 months ago even. I talked about TSM in a semiconductor chips episode that I did and how they were going to profit from the AI boom. And dang, I felt prophetic then and I should have listened to my own advice. However, I did not buy TSM after that episode. Anyway, today we talk NVIDIA, we talk TSM, and let's get into it. You are listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. Let's get into it. So let's start today by talking about Taiwan Semiconductor, ticker symbol TSM. It is no small company, but compared to the monster of NVIDIA, they seem like the little kid on the playground. They have a market cap of over 470 billion US dollars, so they're pretty big. Their share price is in the high 90s per share as I produced this episode in early December 2023. So far year to date, they are up 19.42%. But in a year where semiconductors and anything AI-related is up 50% or 100%, it seems like only being up 19% is the underdog. So therefore, my question for myself today, and if you're listening, for those of you as well, is TSM a value stock? Throughout this year, we've had 
several key developments for Taiwan Semiconductor. The firm's customers are struggling to adjust their inventories amidst weak smartphone sales. So as TSM is a major chip contributor to Apple, we'll talk about that in a second, as smartphone sales have been like, I mean, who cares about the Apple 15, right? It's got a new phone. What else does it have? It's they're bragging about it being titanium. I mean, if you're listening to the ads, you hear Apple's titanium. It's titanium. It's titanium. But what does that get to you? I've had a glass phone with a piece of rubber on it for four years and hasn't broken. I don't need titanium. But because smartphone sales are dragging, they have to entice you with a small little change so they can make a little bit more money. So while there has been an increase in AI-related demand that would have helped TSM, that didn't suffice to offset the cyclical nature of the semiconductor business when it relates to smartphone sales. So following a gangbuster 2022, things that were contributing to the revenue then are now equally contributing to its decline. And I'm saying decline like they're losing money. It's 19% up for the year. But let's dig into some numbers. TSM provided their Q3 results October 19th. In their Q3 Gap EPS earnings per share of $1.29 beat analyst earnings by $0.13. That's positive. Revenue, $17.28 billion beat the guess, crushed it by over $580 million. And despite them beating these two very important sectors in earnings, their revenue is down 14.6% year over year. And therefore, looking negatively even as their revenue was up 10% year over year. Their gross margin increased 0.2%. But with some of their specific devices, they've got chips called 5NM and 3NM, and they're developing one called 2NM. Not all that easy to say. That revenue of $6.39 billion was 36% of their total revenue, and that jumped 13% year over year, and up 36% compared to the last quarter. So that's all very good news because smartphone-related sales of $6.74 billion, which represents 39% of their total revenue, was down 19%. One segment of their business was going up 13%. Smartphone business was down, what, 19%. Their HPC, which stands for High Performance Compute, which is 42% of the total revenue, TSM fell 8%, not great. And Internet of Things, which is a fancy way that smartphone and software companies talk about the Internet of Everything, how we're so interconnected, how your, your fridge can order groceries for you and how your phone can book you tickets just by talking to it. Anyway, the Internet of Things, which comprises 9% of total revenue, is down 23% annually, but it had increased 24% from Q2. Why am I talking so much about the the quarterly revenue? Because in these quarterly revenue reports, you see the direction of, is this a good long-term buy company? Not just a quick hot stock, not just an AI flare, but is this a company on the right trajectory in terms of sales? Because sales drive revenues and revenues drive profits and profits drive stock price. So we're not just looking at technical analysis. We're not just looking at chart patterns on a screen, we are actually saying, is this a good business to buy, as our great Warren Buffett would tell us to do? So it looks like things are in the right direction. Outside of smartphones, which have been kind of flat for the whole year, their other business segments are making more money. And considering the stock jumped 5% on the day of earnings that they were released, investors were focused on these Q2 sales, which went up over 
from Q3. So the earnings growth of 16% since the quarter before is very positive, and investors responded positively. And then the important thing, guidance. Not all companies give guidance on their earnings call. However, TSM did give guidance. And this is what the CFO, Wendell Huang, said. Third quarter revenue increased 13.7% sequentially in terms of dollars and 10.2% in terms of U.S. dollars as our third quarter business was supported by strong ramp-up of other industry-leading three-nanometer technology and higher demand for five-nanometer technology. That's the 3MN and 5NM I was talking about earlier. So that's the quote from the CFO saying that he sees positive movement, 13% sequentially up and 10% in U.S. dollars was up, supported by these two particular technologies. So that is the positive side. The sales growth of the three-nanometer and five-nanometer chips bodes very well for TSM when you're looking at the long-term picture. Because although the company only generated 6% of revenue from the 3-nanometer chips last quarter, management estimates that the market for the 3-nanometer chips could hit $1.5 trillion within five years. That's a big gain. And since TSM is one of the main players in 3-nanometer chips, they're going to collect a huge chunk of that $1.5 trillion market share. Now, considering that Samsung and TSM are the only foundries producing three nanometer chips, the only two, they have, a, in essence, a duopoly. It's like the American political system. You've got Republicans, you've got Democrats. They're both terrible, and that's who you're stuck with. So you've got Samsung and you've got TSM, the only two people making these three nanometer chips. So they've got all the pricing power and all the profit margins that entails with that power. Unfortunately, there are a potential, albeit short-term, negative-related indicators, I guess. So there has been a surge in 3-nanometer demand, but that's pretty much all Apple. And Apple booked 90% of Taiwan Semiconductor's 3-nanometer chips for the entire year of 2023. It's also estimated that Apple's MacBooks and iPad shipments have declined by 30% and 22%. So if most of this 3 nanometer chip money is going to Apple and Apple's sales are slowing down, you can bet that it's probably going to slow down as well. Even so, longer term demand for the three nanometer chips is pretty much locked in because there are big other buyers waiting to scoop up TSM's chips if Apple gets out of the way. During the Q2 earnings call, so three months prior here, Management provided insight into potential AI holds for the future growth of their company. This is the CEO, CC Wee. He says, today our AI server processor demand has defined you know, by CPU and GPU. CEO, CC Wee says this, today server AI processor demand, which we define as CPUs and GPUs and AI accelerators that are performing training and influencing functions accounts for approximately 6% of our total revenue. We forecast this to grow close to 50% in the next five years and increase to the low teen percent of our revenue. So if Taiwan Semiconductor can capture more of this NVIDIA AI market share as the CEO is shooting for, this would be a great growth story for an already strong company. So before we move on to NVIDIA, let's talk real quick about TSM's financials right now in the present. TSM's debt is rated AA stable by Standard & Poor's and a little a by Moody's. They've got a weird rating system. It's hard to talk about on a podcast, but basically they're good in terms of stable bonds if you're buying TSM's debt. 
Last quarter, TSM had $51.7 billion in cash and cash equivalents and $29 billion in debt. Their stock yields a 1.8% dividend with a very low 6.83% payout. So the payout ratio is how much cash you have on hand compared to how much you're giving back in dividend. And the five-year dividend growth rate is 6.55%. TSM currently trades for $98.41 a share. The average 12-month price target is $115 per share. The forward price-to-earnings ratio is 20, and a marginal improvement of the stock's five-year average PE, which is 21. So it's, as the PE drops, that's good for you as an investor. There is no getting around the fact that TSM has a very high concentrated customers. Apple alone constitutes 26% of the firm's revenue. And then they've got another top 10 customers that accounted for the rest of the 68% of the most of the revenue. However, TSM is the world's largest dedicated contract chip manufacturer in the world with close to 60% of market share. And that is something our buddy Warren Buffett might call a moat. And you want to be investing in companies that have moat. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will talk about the other side of this coin to the AI Superplay NVIDIA. Is it too late to jump on the NVIDIA bandwagon? We might find out coming up next. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome back. Let's talk NVIDIA, the stock that everybody wishes they'd bought in the 2022 bear market. It is literally almost inconceivable for me to think that NVIDIA was trading at 122 a share in October 2022. Those with convictions on the company and a long-term outlook have been rewarded more than handsomely. And it's a huge lesson for us all. I think in 2022, I was so caught up in like day trading and shorter weekly swing trades that I lost sight of the gift that the bear market presented for those of us with cash on the sidelines and a longer-term horizon. It was good for those of us who had dollar-cost average, which I was doing in my major account, but in my trading account, I was so short-sighted. I was looking for like this very specific like bear market thing to drop for these indicators to hit. And then like, boom, that would be the indication that the market's done. And I wasn't buying heavily enough into stocks that I should have had bigger conviction on. And NVIDIA is one of those. When in doubt, zoom out. Yes, 2022 was rough and some of the portfolios are still recovering depending on when you made some of your buys. But NVIDIA at 122 a share, today, 14 months later, it is 485 a share. Are you kidding me? Okay, enough ranting. Is 485 too late? 
has the ship sailed or is this a huge cruise boat with lots of room for new investors to jump on, have a party, and still make money? Well, let's try to find out. Here's my summary thesis. NVIDIA's earnings report for Q3 showed stellar performance, revenue growth, and significant increase in their gross profits. Operating expenses remain stable and earnings increased significantly compared to the last year. NVIDIA's balance sheet showed growth in assets, particularly in accounts receivable, cash, and marketable securities. Things are going well. Let's look at the earnings review real quick. NVIDIA's corporate is just going gangbusters. They've got money printing machines in the lobby. Ticker symbol NVDA. Their earnings report came out November 21st, 2023, and it was nothing short of stellar. Revenue grew by, listen to this, $12.19 billion year on year. That's a lot of money. With the three months ending October 29th, 2023, representing half of the 2023 year-to-date revenue, Why is that? Because the Saudis bought a crap ton of NVIDIA GPUs to work on AI stuff. Meanwhile, costs of sales less than doubled year over year, increasing from $2.7 billion to $4.7 billion. This led to sales and more of a $10 billion increase in gross profit. They are just making crazy money. Operating expenses increase minimally, which is good as you're making tons more money. If your expenses only increase minimally, that means you're doing very well. NVIDIA paid $1.3 billion to terminate the acquisition of Arm Holdings, which went public and IPO'd. They're just doing lots of right things. All of this filters down to the earnings of $9.2 billion this past quarter, and that is up from year over year. Their revenue is very concentrated. NVIDIA reported that two unnamed customers, I know unnamed, everybody knows it was the Saudis, represented 10% of revenue as shown below. And then they've got two new customers that they're talking about. Those sales funneled mostly from these particular two customers. So excluding the Saudis, they're talking about two new business customers. And if you dig in a little bit, although unnamed, if you look at the 10Q filing, you can speculate these two customers are Alphabet. You might know them as Google. And Microsoft, you might know them as the people who created subscription-based everything, and I hate for doing that. My Excel isn't going to be working on my computer anytime soon unless you pay a monthly subscription. Bill Gates. Anyway, so this, because in the highlighted section of their 10Q filing and a press release, it says that Google Cloud Platform made generally available new A3 instances powered by NVIDIA's H100 GPU and NVIDIA AI Enterprise software in Google Cloud Marketplace. And then Microsoft Azure will be offering customers access to NVIDIA Omniverse. So basically saying, hey, we've got two really big clients making up 10% of our revenue. We can't tell you who they are, but look at this press release where we are touting our partnership with Google and with Microsoft. So although NVIDIA's revenue profile will remain extremely concentrated in the near future, it's not an imminent threat. The likelihood and significant slowdown in data spending is a very low threat because Data centers are going up everywhere. I live in Columbus, Ohio, which is in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of on the east-ish side of the United States of America. Lots of farmland, lots of corn, lots of cows. And these cows and these corns are getting pushed to the side as data centers are moving in hand over fist. Google's building a big data center. Intel's building a big data center. Amazon's building a big data center. And they're all using NVIDIA, except for 
Intel. They're all using NVIDIA GPUs to make this data center happen. So as long as data center spending is still going strong, NVIDIA is going to be still going strong. So what does it look like to actually invest in NVIDIA? If we think NVIDIA is still going to be a strong play in the future, how do we invest in NVIDIA? Do we want to invest in NVIDIA? Looking at their Q3 recording, it seems like things are well. They still have projections to do very strong business. So the safe bet to invest in NVIDIA is a more diversified ETF that holds NVIDIA. Single share investing in a company with a forward PE ratio of 40 is very strong. Remember, TSM had a 20. NVIDIA is more than just over more than 40, which means they're double the risk. They need to make twice as much money as TSM in the future to give you your money back as an investor. So the risk of future impairment losses could be significant if you have some price erosion, but despite this risk, some analysts are still saying NVIDIA offers a fair risk to reward at their current levels of $485 per share. NVIDIA is an exceptional business with superb management. It is probable that NVIDIA will be earning more in five years than they currently are earning if AI continues to go. Not to mention, it's aided by a deep monopoly in data center architecture. In the midst of one of the large build-outs of that type of architecture in human history, NVIDIA is currently in the centerpiece of those things. So investors will have to pay a premium to get a piece of the NVIDIA growth. I'm not currently invested in single shares of NVIDIA right now. I do have exposure in NVIDIA through the QQQ and SPY ETFs. But I am thinking about doing a little DCA, maybe buying a little half shares of NVIDIA just to get some more exposure for the long term. And I think the DCA approach limits some of that downside. You're not like throwing all your money in all at once. So if you want to be a part of the most prolific growth story of the 2020s, either buy the index, dollar cost average, or just watch from the sidelines, but don't get FOMO. That's what I got for you today, guys. TSM, the possible value play in semiconductors and AI. NVIDIA, the most likely overpaid, but that's what you got to do to ride with the big boys. You've been listening to My Millennial Investor, the show where I search the financial world for the most up-to-date investment ideas, market trends, and income streams so you don't have to. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We'll see you next week. This podcast is produced and published by Oregon Trail Investor in the USA. All information is for entertainment purposes only. The brand My Millennial Investor is used under license. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 